0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Leaves podcast with me, Mark Brangle, Managing Director of Theo James Recruitment. What's it like to be the Plant Director of an automotive manufacturer that's been going for 75 years? Well, in today's episode, we find out John Phillips is the Manufacturing Director of Castam Talent with A Thousand pleas based in New Cliff. I love this episode, I couldn't wait to get Jonathan on, I was very excited by it, and he did not disappoint. We talk in depth about leadership, we use words like empathy, safety, understanding people, you know, words I now hear great leaders talk about which has definitely changed from many years ago. You're going to learn a lot of lessons about leadership in this episode before we talk in depth about manufacturing, about automotive, or the transition now to electric vehicles to sustainability. I'm talking in depth about how you keep people happy, content and thriving in a post-COVID era where things have definitely changed. So again, something you're gonna be able to pick up and implement today. And um, no more, what you're gonna hear is just a, 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 an empathetic and brilliant leader, someone who you're gonna be inspired by. So please get yourself a coffee, listen, watch, whatever you prefer to do, and I would be honored if you would mind liking, subscribing, rating the show, and obviously will help me continue to get great guests like Jonathan. But thank you very much, enjoy the episode. Excellent, uh, a warm welcome to uh, John Phillips on the, the Manufacturing Leaders Podcast. Um, I must um, say sorry in advance, I am recovering for the uh, dreaded man flu, so apologies, I I'll I will speak a lot less. And- Ask more questions, but uh, um, welcome, Jonathan. This is a long time coming. I know we've tried to make this happen for a, for a number of months, but we, we made it.
1: Yeah, we did, eventually. Thank you for the offer, Mark, and I'm delighted to be here. Um, hopefully, I've got some interesting things to be able to share with you and, and give you some some uh, some information that people might be able to to take, take and, and use.
0: Yeah, can't wait, mate. Really looking forward to this one. So, um, same question, ask everyone. What does it mean to you to be a leader?
1: Uh, a responsibility, I guess, and, and a feeling of, uh, of of responsibility for the people who who work within the organisation and the business. You know, the important thing for me is that we provide some level of sustainability, some level of um, continuity, so that the people who work here um, feel that they are safe, secure, and have a job that they can they can rely on. So, being a leader comes with it for me a lot of a lot of sort of responsibility. That's what it means to me ultimately the people who work in the organisation.
0: I really like that. And actually, one of the, one of the words used there, I think it's almost like an, an underrated word, and someone mentioned it um, a while ago on here, about, about safety, about that feeling of being safe, safe because it's not people don't know he mentioned that. They mentioned, and obviously links in with stability in that piece, but I think in your own job, as a leader or an operative or whatever you are, that feeling of just feeling safe is really important, isn't it, I think?
1: It is. It is important, and it's difficult to to achieve that. You know, we've got a, a world that's very, uh, very changeable. Um, not a lot of stability in it. Um, if you read too much of the news, you can be you can feel a little bit uh, insecure. But yes, in terms of our our my role as a leader, um, ultimately, um, I want people to feel that they have a, a role that's valued, a role that's um, appreciated. Um, and that within the organization, they can express themselves and 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 feel that they've got some progression for for development if they wish or 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 stability in the role if they feel comfortable just doing what they've they've always done and continue to do so,
0: yeah, excellent. and I'd love to um and then this you go back to to you because i've you know I've heard you know we've we've spoken a lot. I've heard a lot of people who work for you and always spoken very highly of, of you as a leader. Um, you've obviously. Worked your way up to a very senior role within a, you know, one of the biggest businesses, biggest manufacturers in the Northeast. Was was being in that role something in the early stages you always wanting to do, and you saw that path for yourself. Or how did that come about? Would you say? Let's take take us back.
1: Yeah, I guess. Well, I started my career at Nissan as an industrial engineer, um, and that gave me the, uh, the the very privileged opportunity to to work within every aspect of the of the manufacturing plant over there at, at NMUK. So. That gave me a very broad um, horizon of, of, of opportunities, particularly within manufacturing. Um, and yes, you saw some people in that organization who you kind of looked up to and, and, and thought, yeah, I could it would be really good to, to be able to run something of this kind of scale and size and an organization. So that was really where everything started for me. Um, I, I walked, went then went into some of the um, Tier One automotive manufacturing. And then the real growth, ultimately for me, came when I was a consultant. I was uh, across Europe working for companies like Airbus, Bombardier, Transportation, um, throughout Europe um, on the A three hundred and eighty that big, that big, huge uh, jumbo jet and their supply chain management, and and that really gave me the opportunity to understand from a a perspective of being a leader um, as a consultant. You have to win the hearts and minds of people, um, and and winning those hearts and minds in a in a in a constructive way not 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 in a way that's preaching and and lecturing and dictating but one which which kind of takes people with you and that really started to sort of mold me me as a as a person as a uh as, as a leader um and and from that really I just sort of saw that as an opportunity came I would take it and and here I am here at at Newton Aycliffe in a plant with more than a thousand people and uh and and a lot of responsibility that goes with
0: it yeah and you've worked in some challenging environments you know like you mentioned an automotive obviously is a challenging environment have have you consciously adapted your management style over time you know if you think back to when you were first a leader versus where you are now what what the changes would you say you've you've made
1: i guess (laughs) i don't know if it's true or not but as you get older you maybe find a little bit more empathy um, and, and a little bit more, you, f- you find that you can understand people's positions a little bit more. Um, I wouldn't say you give people more time because time is of the essence, as always in the automotive industry. You have to be very agile and, and move very quickly. Um, but it's about bringing people with you. When I first started in, in some of my earlier roles, I was an improvements kind of guy who was within the industrial engineering um, sort of um, community. It's all about time, motion. Um, value stream mapping and understanding how we can improve and develop and enhance our processes and become more efficient and that's really the essence of everything that I kind of work towards and earlier in my career I would be very very um, quick at trying to introduce those improvements and very demanding of not just myself but all of the people around me to try and buy into it Um, and I guess as time goes on you realize that without people understanding and really believing and and, and buying into those different ways of working and different methods and processes, then if you don't take people with you, then you're ploughing a lone furrow and, and it, it ain't, it ain't going to work. So so I guess, you know, my management style has developed through through that um, industrial engineering and continuous improvement phase of, of one of ploughing on and getting things done as quickly as possible to one whereby it's actually um, realising that you're not going to get anywhere unless the people are coming with you. Yeah,
0: yeah, hundred percent agree, and I think that's a tough one, isn't it, for people who start either start a new role internally in the business, suddenly thrust into management, they've got to lead a leader team, or or actually starting in a in a brand new position as a as a leader, and they've got to step into a team who don't know them, and, and they've got to they've got to manage them. So, if 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 you were to do that your advice what would be to quickly understand the the different people individually or, or as a team is that is that a both thing?
1: both you know you need to understand the dynamics of the of the individual but also how they fit into the team um you know we use the the phrase sometimes that you don't want a team of ronaldo's you know <laughs> you need a, you need a balance throughout that team of people who are really pushing forward and trying to innovate and and create new ways of doing things but then you need the people who are going to have that balance of 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 stability um, and of following routines and rigours and disciplines that, that that ultimately underpin everything that we do. So, yes, you need to under, understand the team um, and how those team dynamics work and who the individuals are within the team. But then, of course, you need to understand the individuals because everyone has different individual needs. Yeah,
0: I, I agree with that massively, actually, because and I do that when I'm recruiting myself. You've, you've got great, successful people, but you couldn't, I can't have a team of them because, do you know what I mean? It's that, it's that yeah. balance, isn't it? Not that they can't it, be all successful, but we can't have a team of that particular trait because everyone brings something different, don't they, to, to the business. They do. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone brings something different and it's important to recognise that, you know. not It's not all about the person who shouts the loudest and makes the most amount of noise. Um, some people get suppressed by those kind of individuals and those characters and, and part of the role of the leader is to allow those other people to have the airtime or to listen to them, and then you can take their message to the rest of the team if they maybe aren't confident enough or, or don't feel comfortable in doing so. Do
0: you think management has changed over time? Because you mentioned empathy there, and, and I don't think that was that probably wouldn't have been a word 30 years ago, I would say, that was on leaders, but it now is, and it's important.
1: Yeah, possibly not. Um, if I think back to to maybe some of the earlier days in my career and some of the Management styles that I was kind of I'd say subjected to, but but <laughs> yeah. observed, yeah. um, then yes, it was probably more prevalent, I would suggest that you know people back in the 70s and 80s were maybe more aggressive, felt that it was okay to kind of take a more aggressive and forceful style. Um, and maybe the word empathy wasn't um used as much then, but people still had feelings, people still had insecurities, people still had difficulties, um, maybe. Um within the business world it was felt that it wasn't the role of business to support those needs because it was their own personal issues that maybe they had to resolve themselves but cast your mind way 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 back to the the, the Cadbury's um, village and, and and it's not unusual and and it has been done in the past many many years ago where welfare and the uh and, and the well being of, of, of the employees was was very prevalent and very important. So it's not new, it's not unusual, but I think we maybe as a as a as a as a nation we probably lost our way a little bit and, and it and it did become a lot more aggressive and a lot more about me rather than about us. Yeah,
0: saying percent That's probably a nice segue into what you and I have discussed before. And I think and we mentioned it as well how COVID was probably a catalyst for for this change. I know, you know, Gestampa is doing a lot of great stuff regarding this. And I think a lot of companies can, can learn from it is the, how important people are in a business, but that recognition piece, but actually it isn't just about the salary next one's now. It's about all those other things to make sure that people are looked after, because I can tell you from my experience now that people have asked much deeper questions about the company and the job when they're looking for the opportunity than they ever used to now. it's um, it's the employee value proposition, all that piece is, is really prevalent now. Have, have you seen that transition over the last, I guess, well, four years now, really, if we're talking sort of post, sort of pre and post COVID, aren't we really?
1: Yes, I would say so. And I think COVID drove a lot of that. Um, you know, the working from home part of it, mm-hmm. um, the work life balance aspect of it, um, the importance of, of spending time with the family um i think some people possibly spend too much time with their families in covid but it's i think i think that brought to the forefront the importance of having a balance yeah. um and yes we have seen that the people um do request and, and ask about the balance between work and life and about other aspects of working from home um about the um the offering of the business in terms of different kind of um other aspects of the of the contract so you know what's the maternity and paternity leave you know do we give um flexible working in terms of their ability to support childcare needs and their ability to to be a carer perhaps for an elderly parent and what kind of relief can we give people for that um you know you, you get into the realms then of of particularly when you look at the lower grades of pay um about bursaries and how we can support um people in in, in other ways in terms of of helping them, and then of course there's a, there's the community aspect of it, and people are interested in a business who is a, a, who has got a social um responsibility and and, and, a, and an integrity in terms of particularly for us as employing a thousand plus people in in New what what do we do for the local community and how can we support them, and what other activities do we undertake as a business uh, and people want to be part of some of those things um so yes the 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 questioning is much broader than just the role itself um it's it's about more more sort of wider aspects
0: yeah 100% and look, you've been you've been at Stam for a for a while you've worked up into a a very very senior position what's it like working for a business which is the you know the, the biggest manufacturer in in that area with a a, a a really interesting history i guess behind it does it, does, it, does it feel important to be because obviously it's one of those where unless um, SME me next door, my goal it's okay for the big boys. You know what I mean? That that sort of mentality. But
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, 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 it's a really unique business that yeah. the, the the site here, the gestamp plant here. It, it's we celebrated our, 75th year, uh, our seventy fifth year, our 75th anniversary last year of okay. manufacturing on the same site. Um, and, and you know, we started a business here that um, was on an old munitions site. Um, and and the first products that were made here were fancy goods so they were powder cases made out of the shells of those um of of the um, of the munitions that were, that were that were made here um and from there we it grew into making uh, white goods and so microwaves washing machines and then moved into the automotive industry and and here we are today from a, a business that started 75 years ago with seven different factories and and over a thousand people and with that, heritage, let's say, and with that longevity comes uh, no, a further sense of responsibility. You know, my my role here is to ensure that the plan, when I um, sit in my smoke and jacket and and, and slippers, is yeah. is is fit and, and, and able to sustain itself for another 75 years. So I, I do feel that sense of responsibility and I do feel that sense of history. Um, and it comes with a sense of pride. There are people who've worked here for 40 plus years. And We have a a, a a celebration of of long service each year, um, and it's it it always astounds me how many people are there with more than twenty five years service, um, and and then you've got people with forty plus year service, and we have a very strong apprenticeship program. Um, we've got forty plus apprentices um, across the various different year groups, um, and and that's again our, our, one of our ways of of paving the way for the future and giving us. Um, a group of people who feel um, part of an organisation that they can stay with for for the rest of their career. So yes, it's a very unique business, and one with it um, comes uh, a unique a, new, a unique responsibility. Yeah
0: how much um, how much that pressure do you feel? Because you you've got a very calming presence, but like you say that that position you're in it is a it is one which comes a lot of pressure because of the heritage and because of the demands. Is that something that is it for ducks back for you or is it something you, you feel and and have to drive?
1: Um it's a bit of both really. You 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 want to feel the 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 pressure of that sort of responsibility because that helps drive you forward. It helps keep you grounded, it helps keep you focused on on what's important. Um it doesn't become overwhelming because you can't afford to let it become overwhelming. So, you know, as a, as a leader, you have to find those coping strategies and mechanisms and, and understand yourself well enough to know when the pressure is getting to you. How do you find that release? Where is that release? And, and yes, you, you can't. My opinion is that as a leader, you can't afford to be running around with your hair on fire um you need to be calm and steady and that person that people can go to for some guidance some advice to bounce ideas off um and and so yes it does come with a responsibility but you have to be able to cope with that and and understand yourself well enough to be able to to manage your own um expectations and your own um your own desire to, to to do as best as you can
0: apologies for interrupting this podcast for a very quick 30 second pitch of my business Theo James are a specialist manufacturing and engineering recruitment search firm based in Seam in the Northeast. If you're looking for any staff or a new opportunity yourself, from a semi skilled level right the way up to C suite executive, then please get in touch. We have a specialist consultant in each discipline ready to help. I'm extremely proud of what we've built over the years and I'd love to extend that service out to you. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Yeah, great. I love that, and I think it's been okay. It's it's okay now for leaders to to understand that it's all right for them to feel stressed and pressurized, and, and almost show it sometimes because I think mm-hmm. that's you know a phenomenon that leaders shouldn't feel or shouldn't show that side of pressure. But you know, we're more more often than not. It's the most pressurized job in the in the room, and and it's difficult. Have you have you do you feel like you have coping mechanisms to to make sure that Stress for you remains at a certain level. You know, do you have to section sort of time off yourself, or have you got that under control? Would you say?
1: I would say I've got it under control, but you know, there are always, I've got a couple of dogs, which is great to go and walk them. Um, And the further I walk, um, uh, the the better it is. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's nice to get out into the outdoors. Got a young boy who plays football, and it's great to watch him, and that's a relief, um, a release, sorry. Um, and, and then you, you you talk to other people around the, you know, you talk to other parents around the football pitch. And, and you know, my role, yes, is one of high responsibility and high pressure um, and, and all of the things that we've talked about in terms of the heritage of the business. But every person has got their own pressures and every person's got their own stresses and strains and own issues um, that they have with their own working life. Be it a guy who runs his own business, um, doing odd jobs around the community and joinery and, 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 and such like to those people in, in, in positions like mine and everyone has their own their own pressures and issues and and who am I to think that mine are greater than anyone else's? So, you know, we all have to kind of appreciate that we've all got our own stresses and strains. That's just life. And and we have to u- ultimately support each other. Um, support yourself and know how to how to do that. Um not everybody does. Some people need more help than others. Um I'm fortunate enough to be able to find that balance and, and find those release mechanisms to, to help keep me sometimes on an even keel.
0: I love that. Excellent. I like to pick your brains about culture because we've sort of touched on it with um, some of the stuff, but culture now is is so integral to a business and so important for for a business's future and, and, and staff happiness, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. As a business, is that been the forefront of gustamps Journey, how have you done that? Because I I know, you know, the, the feedback we've had from people who work there has been very, very positive and that's something that they have concentrated on, not just happened by chance.
1: Yeah, it's difficult because, you know, with, 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 with the number of people that we have, it's always difficult to influence every leader within the organisation. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you have to set an example. Um, my example that i try to set is one of empathy um ultimately one whereby okay we have a job to do we have to deliver um if we don't deliver we won't be here in the future um so 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 there is a pressure we have to recognize that it's good to have that 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 pressure of of knowing that we have to deliver but it has to be done within a culture of respect and integrity and honesty and openness um uh, because without that, then then how do you get people to, to come along the journey with you? Um, and, and it's difficult because you, you have so many different characters and different people in different leadership positions and to influence all of those people and get them to to recognize what, what it is that you expect of them is always going to be hard. Yeah. Um, but to set the example is the first thing um, and then to challenge um, those behaviors and, and call them out is is the second um and and over time people get to understand and recognize um who it is that we look for and what kind of traits and behaviors we look for in in our leaders um that results in some people leaving the business um but it also gives us an opportunity then to 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 demonstrate that the the kind of people that we want in the organization
0: yeah love that And, and and away from leadership um I know we've spoken before and that this is, I think it's a nice myth to debunk this because you mentioned it yourself there. Costampa for a large organization. And I think there's a, there's a misconception where companies think it, larger companies, it's easy because you can throw money at, at, at happiness and they can do this. But I, I disagree. I think it's, it's much harder to control the culture of a company of a thousand staff versus 20 staff, because there's more people to please. Simple as that. And I, I also disagree that, that, it costs a lot of money to make so happy. It comes. It comes from exactly what you spoke about there, right from the leaders. But I often find it's the little things that people mention. It's a, it's a, it's the a thing. It's the it's the it's the it's the cake on a Friday. It's the it's the van coming. It's that type of stuff. You know, it's it's little things that don't. It's the sports days people put on. It's that type of stuff which people think is fluffy, but it isn't. That's that community vibe. Is that is that, is that something that as a business they've yeah. worked on? What do you say?
1: Yes, very hard. You know, you're right. As a larger organization, you can put more resource to things, but it requires a lot more resource to do those things. So we have a person um, in our organization who's our health and well-being leader. That's aside from our safety team. Um, and yes, we've had family fun days. And yes, we have the Tuesday buddy vans coming in and the ice cream vans in the summer. Uh, and yes, we have free vent coffee machines on time to talk days and, and biscuits on the tables um we're doing a we we do a lot of work with the charity committee we have a sports and social committee um so we do a lot of those things absolutely and yes bigger organizations can put more resource to those things but to try and touch those thousand people and and try and get them to understand what it is we're offering them is is always difficult um but those things that may seem small uh, aren't always that small you know we, we we sometimes get criticized um, well, how can you afford to put the buddy van on when we can't afford to get this? <laughs> and, and, and it's getting the balance right, you know, but but, you know, that, that buddy van that comes in, the, the hog roast van that comes in. What you have to also understand is that some people in our organization, you know, that, that they'll be they'll be sacrificing their tea for that buddy van. So that means they can put another meal on the table yeah. um, because, you know, the cost of living crisis has, 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 has affected a lot of people. Uh, and and some of those people work within our organisation, so we have to we have to recognise that some of those things that might seem small and inc- insignificant to some are, are quite big and important to others. And it's getting the balance right and and trying to do a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, I, I really like that. And um, automotive is obviously is, the heritage in Northeast is phenomenal, and you start off on this on yourself. It is obviously now a a time of change where there's all the renewable sustainability, the electric vehicles coming in. Um, are, you, are you seeing that that transition get faster and faster now? Is obviously you know sort of people, companies are starting to change their mentality piece. How are Gestamp sort of dealing with 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 that? Would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's a big thing. Of, of course, it is. It's a big thing in terms of not just the, the automotive industry, but industry in general um, okay. globally. You know, everything we do and here currently is is around the 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 climate crisis that we face, and yes, in the automotive industry, things are moving and things are moving very quickly. You referred to to Nissan. Um, every vehicle that they make in the near future um, will be electric. All of the new models that are going into the the Nissan Sunderland factory are all electric. We're launching new vehicles with BMW for Mini in the next um, well in the next few months. They are all electric vehicles. We're producing new vehicles for Volvo in the next eighteen months. They're all electric vehicles. So every new vehicle that's coming to market is 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 electrified. It's, it's, an, it's an electric vehicle, not an internal combustion engine one. So the automotive industry is moving and it's moving quickly. Um, I was just listening on the news this morning to the chief chief executive of Airbus and and, and and around air travel and around how they're trying to accelerate and 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 do as much as they can to to decarbonize their industry. And his very words were they're not moving fast enough. And ultimately, nobody is because of the situation that we face globally from a, from the climate um, crisis and the and the warming of the of, of, of the of the globe. So. Yes, the automotive industry is moving. And yes, Gestamp ourselves are doing a lot of in- things, a lot of initiatives in terms of how we can recycle some of the energy that we generate in some of our processes, some of the heat that we generate, how we can optimise and use our our energy as wisely and as carefully as possible, solar panels and all of those things that you would expect are, are being done. Um, and then it's not just about the impact to the environment on on carbon. It's also about the impact on environment in terms of waste. and. And how we can reduce our waste streams, and you know we have no waste that comes out of this plant that goes to landfill. Everything is recycled and reused. And you know we we produce a product that's primarily made out of steel, and we're now looking at green steel. So every piece of raw material that we use in our products is is something that's being recycled. So every aspect of our business is looked at and, and and scrutinized, and and how we can do things better. And you know that 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 sort of grounding that I got in the industrial engineering. Sort of uh, phase of my career was it set me in good stead because you have to be able to adapt and change and and do things in a different way and have that philosophy of continuous improvement.
0: Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? I mean, the amount of change that's happening now in in manufacturing June is 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 massive. Again, I just think it's one. It's such a an unspoken industry now. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it used to be such a powerhouse, and it's just not spoken about now. All the stuff you've mentioned there is is unbelievable, really. And and the North the Northeast, how much it has to offer now is 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 amazing. It's brilliant. You know, it's not not just Washington, this and that. It's T size Durham. It's 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 every aspect. It's it's a it's a brilliant place to be. What would you say are the biggest sort of challenges that we're facing in the industry now. Would you say it might be specific to stamping? Might be just as a whole the industry. What what we say concerned about?
1: I guess the big thing for me in terms of the changes that we're going through at the moment, in terms of not just the automotive industry but industry in general, and, the, and you know the, the, the climate challenge. Let's call it yeah. is the levels of investment that are required um, in in order to keep up with. Um, You know, if if we look towards China and and speaking from personal experience, we've been challenged in the past in terms of winning new work. Um, And and we can't compete with some of the levels of capital support that the Chinese get from their government compared to the ones that we get. Um, and, And I was recently in London talking to uh, to some of the, the the government ministers about about investment and about how we can generate the capital investment needed to to compete on the global stage because ultimately that's what we need to do in the northeast we're not just the northeast of england competing with other regions of the uk we're competing on the global platform uh, and and there's simply no money in government um to support industry in 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 being that at the forefront of, of that technology and you see what's happening in america and the investment that they're putting into the green um the, the green technologies and then you see what's happening in china and the investment that they receive and, and it's very very difficult to compete um and if we don't compete today we won't be competitive and we won't be here in the future so it's that that's i guess my greatest fear in terms of how do we Invest today to protect the future of the next generation and, and allow them the opportunities that we've had um, with the likes of Nissan coming here in the in the early eighties.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great, and it needs more people like you to to speak up, doesn't it? For that, it's. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing manufacturer collaborate more and more. I would say, but is that someone's uh, like a call to arms, isn't it? I mean, it would, would it help your case if every single leader, of every single manufacturing business was like-minded and, and spoke up with that, I would imagine.
1: I, I think they are. I think I think every leader of a manufacturing organization is aware of that challenge. Yeah. Um, but it's having the forum um, and having the um the opportunity to have that um that that platform. Um you know you've got good um you've got good organizations in the Northeast like the Northeast Automotive Alliance who who give give a voice um, the Northeastern Chamber of Commerce gives a voice. Um, so, yeah, there are organisations within the organi- within the Northeast that that kind of bring manufacturing and businesses um, together to provide that platform. Um, but yes, not everyone has the opportunity of of taking part in those conversations. But ultimately, I think we're all we're all on the same page. We all want what's best for the Northeast. Ultimately, um, the UK second. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think everyone has that same that same drive and and, and desire for the northeast to be successful. Yeah,
0: great. I think that, I completely agree. I think what you're doing there is is excellent because it needs more people to to do exactly that to, to put their head above and and shout about it. Um, we spoke a lot about stamp, and I think it's you know it's it's a great company to learn from. Um, what are you excited about over the next sort of eighteen twenty four months? What what, what what sort of uh, what's on the agenda?
1: Yeah, I mean, business-wise, a lot of things. Um, as I said earlier, the automotive industry is transitioning to electric. Um, we see some bumps in the road because government um, legislation changes, and um, we've already seen um, the um, the internal combustion um, regulations change and and get pushed out by a number of years. That means that for the automotive industry, what was going to be a switch over to electric in the next couple of years is going to take a little bit longer and there'll be a merger between um, existing vehicles and new vehicles. But in the next 18 months, we've got a, a, a real change in our, our business here in portfolio at, at uh, Gaston Maycliffe. Um, we're launching products for BMW, for Volvo. Um, we see the end of life of some of our Ford products, end of life of some of our existing BMW, a lot of new work with Nissan and some of their electric vehicles that are coming to market. Um, so big, big, big investment in the plant um and a, a big set of, of of new challenges. Um we're integrating our our processes, we're um using automated uh technology. Um so yes, it's very exciting. There's a lot of new things happening um in the business which which is which is really good um because we're we're involved and um, we're at the forefront um and, and it's it's it, yeah it's gonna be an exciting eighteen months to see all of these new products come into into Sierra production.
0: Nice. Excellent, stuff, mate. Well, I've got some um, some quick five questions. You might not have seen these, so we'll have a look. Um, who was your
1: best manager you've ever had and why? <laughs> My best manager I've ever had? Um, I would say it was a chap called Francois Charles. He was a French guy. I worked at a place called Faricia, yeah. um, and he was here with his wife and his family. Um, he, was, he was a live wire. He was very dynamic. Um he was French, so he had that Gaelic flair. um but but he supported me. um he gave me opportunity. Um, he allowed me some freedom in my role as as an improvements engineer um, and let me make the mistakes that I needed to make to to learn a little bit. um so I would probably say he was the 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 best leader i've I've had as a, as a line manager.
0: Is that freedom thing something that you've taken on? Because I, I agree, I think that, that's... But I think giving people freedom is difficult, isn't it, when you first start a leader, because it's that trust?
1: Yeah, it is. It's the trust. But, you know, unless you make a mistake, you're not going to learn. And it's not a bad thing to make mistakes because, you know, if you make one once, then you'll not do the same thing again, hopefully. Um, and, and if you're not doing something and, and if, you, if you don't make mistakes, then you, you're not progressing forward. Um, so, show me someone who's done nothing, and I'll show you someone who's never made a mistake. So you have to you have to embrace that and, and learn from it. It's an opportunity. Love it.
0: Excellent. Um, biggest influence from either sporting world, business world, anyone that springs to mind that's ever in- influenced you
1: was somebody who, who who comes to mind when I look at any anyone outside of my industry as a leader. And as a person, I was once very privileged to to be taking a flight to France, um, and who should who should I be sat next to but Sir Bobby Robson?
0: Wow, yeah.
1: Um, and he, so I shared a glass of champagne with him. It was a, it was in the morning. Um, I asked him who he was going to go and sign, and he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> and then he proceeded to eat his pot of marmalade. With 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 a knife, left his toast. Um, but what an inspiring character! What um, what what a what, a, what, a, what a, a, an inspiring person! Um, what is what a leadership style he had? Um, he wasn't afraid for people to laugh at him and with him. Um, so he would probably be the person who I would say was most inspirational and still is to to, to me.
0: Yeah, amazing! And so I met him as well. I love that. Um, what are three things or words that, that make? Yeah. Me- yeah. A good leader, would you say?
1: Um, integrity, fairness and honesty. Love it.
0: Excellent. Um, best book or audio book podcast you've ever read or listened to?
1: Um, That's a good one because I don't really watch podcasts um, or listen to any. Um, but I would probably say that one that that chap mark Bracknell, who whoever, whoever he is he does some good ones
0: yeah the, the, <laughs> the latest episode was the best yeah
1: <laughs> is that is that this one <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. any uh any books are you are you a reader any sort of business books that you ever I'm not no, I wouldn't say I'm a reader. I mean there's a one that there's one that's called the Machine that changed the world, which is a little bit about the sort of uh, the lean transformations that came around with the Toyota people and things. Um, but that's a little bit nerdish, I guess. So, so no, I, I, to be honest, I don't. I, I don't tend to read and, and, and research and I just do things on the hoof and, and do things that, that that come naturally to me. Um, so, no, not really.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, what, inter- interesting one for you, because obviously I know you did, uh, went to the university. What's more important, an academic route or on-the-job learning?
1: It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, my background is one of academic. I went to university and and, and did a degree in manufacturing systems. But I look around me and I look at some of those people who have progressed to the highest positions in organisations and they've they've done an on the job uh, learning and apprenticeship route. And I don't think there's a right answer to the question. I don't think either route is the best one. I think it depends on the person. It depends. And it's really difficult at the the age of 16. How on earth do you know which route you want to follow? And I didn't. I just drifted into university. Um, So I wouldn't like to say that either route is better than the other. Um, I think it's purely dependent on the individual. It depends on where they are at that that time in their life, whether they feel that they want to continue in education because they enjoy it, or whether they feel they want to get a couple of pounds in the back pocket and they want to go and learn through on the job. So... I don't think either one is the best route. I think it depends on 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 the individual and and their circumstances and and what they feel that they want to do at that point in time. and and, and that That's how I feel about that 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 sort of education part of it.
0: Good answer. Um, finally, if you could wave a, a magic wand and improve the manufacturing industry today, how would you do it? In the UK.
1: Wow. I think I would probably try and look for investment and capital, um, because you know we've been here and we've been doing things for a long period of time, um, and to really progress to that next stage of of using integrated automation, using this Industry 4, which is just really stuff that's been around since time began, but to, to to really change the face of the of the manufacturing industry in the UK. Um, we, we need the right skills so and i think those will exist because um we, we've got we've got a good education system we've got good apprenticeship uh, apprenticeship systems but i think the the investment is needed to transform some of our our, our manufacturing processes so i think if i had a magic wand i'd look for some money but i wouldn't just throw it around um, clearly if you have that capital investment you have to have a return on it um, without that return on it, then nobody's going to invest. Um, but yeah, I think I think the investment that 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 we see up at at Sunderland and, and Nissan particularly is really good to see. But that investment's only worthwhile if the if the tier ones and tier twos and and the smaller manufacturers are able to also invest to keep up the speed with 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 that.
0: Love that, excellent. Look, John, this has been great. I was looking forward to it, and it definitely didn't disappoint. I think. What I've really enjoyed because it's been a proper leadership and manufacturing conversation, and and I think people can learn a lot from from your career and your leadership style. And like we said before, leadership now is about trust. It's about empathy. It's about supporting teams, make them feel safe. You know, none of the thing, none of the words we probably would describe thirty years ago. It's, it's it's massively changed. So I think. Almost as leaders can understand that, it almost takes the pressure off a little bit, thinking they need to be something that they're not. So um, people can learn loads from this, and, and I, I certainly have. It's been great, and I wish you all the all the luck and Istanbul luck. So uh, thank you, mate. Really appreciate this.
1: Thanks, Mark. No problem. Take care. Good to talk.